Welcome to Worker Movement, a podcast dedicated to the working class, a podcast dedicated to raising class consciousness. This podcast is for you, for us, for the worker. Joe Biden's party is up for re-election in 2022, and it probably won't go well, given that incumbent parties typically take a bath in the first midterm. Most of the time, this is due to the party oscillation theory we've discussed on past episodes. But in short, the GOP reaches too far, and then the Dems shepherd the return to normal. But this cycle, the Dems will be graded on how well they returned to normal, or built back better. We saw in the California recall election that there wasn't some massive GOP groundswell, but the whole country is in California. What will affect the outcome of the 2020 midterm federal elections? People are still reeling with what their material conditions are after the change in COVID. So, so everybody has this idea that they're going to return to normal. And returning to normal for most people is being absolutely decimated by capital. But I think under COVID, people that are, are lowering their expectations and allowing more atrocities to happen to them over and over time. In general, you keep like the house if people perceive you as being like, good for them, like you, they're, they're better off now than when the party before them came in, and that the new people coming in are not raving lunatics. The last, what, year of, of Trump's presidency, we had COVID. Like, I don't actually know what changed between Biden and Trump. Like, I have no idea. Do you? I mean, is anything better? The material conditions of the average individual in the U.S. are not functionally that different last summer versus now. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I mean, because uh, let, let's just talk about it in terms of jobs. You didn't, you got laid off, so you had unemployment. Unemployment was good. You just, it just ended under Biden in September. Right? You had really great unemployment. Okay, so then you had your your Trump dollars and your Biden bucks pumping through. Nothing's changed. Student loans, nothing's really changed. No one's paying them, right? Under Trump, you had an eviction moratorium, which there's not that under Biden. So not really sure how people are feeling that. You still have to go to work. You still got to drive to work. Most people still got to drive to work. Only only the petite bourgeois can argue about remote work. And that's such a small slice of the electorate that it's just irrelevant. It's irrelevant. In fact, it's decimating some cities that were expecting big growth because people aren't moving there. And what I mean is places like the Bay Area that were expecting you know more and more growth to come in there. And, and Facebook having their special, special Facebook cities, right? Building up bunkers for their employees to live in. But beyond that, functionally underneath... Biden, I don't know really what's different besides a bunch of rich billionaire assholes got to go to space and no one else can. So from a very basic individual voter perspective, you're going to attempt to answer the question, am I better off under Biden or am I better off under Trump? So then it comes down to something like you said, where I'm in my individual district, I'm going to vote for my house rep. Yeah. There's an incumbency advantage that is absolutely present. But this is also redistricting year. So there's going to be gerrymandering. There's going to be redistricting. You might not be voting for your same congressperson again, depending on how your districts get redrawn. It might be more of a party alignment vote. And again, that comes down to this idea of Trump versus Biden, red versus blue. I don't think there's a lot that the Dems can point to that lead an average voter to say, I am definitely better now beyond the orange man bad propaganda. And that only lasts for so long because the Orange Man bad was really like strong with that whole resist movement. Remember, I'm, I'm going to resist. It wasn't I'm going to fight. It wasn't I'm going to go act crazy. It was we're going to resist. And now Trump's bad, Trump's bad, Trump's bad. But guess what? Trump Trump isn't in power. 
So who's bad? I mean, the only thing that honestly can keep the Dems like focused right now is the psychopathic behavior of some of Trump's most loyal people. But there's not actually that many of them because we're not seeing the widespread riot and looting that they predict they're going to do. So that whole Trump boogeyman thing, because he's not in the media, he's not stoking the violence. I mean, shit, him and his son were on a dumbass boxing like event. Like Trump doesn't care about soaking the violence. He actually fundamentally doesn't care if he goes back in power. He doesn't care. His brand's already shit. He doesn't care. His kid doesn't care. Nobody cares. So it's, I think, up to the Dems to try and paint all of your woes as an average voter are not our fault. They're the fault of Trump. And you don't want to go back to Trump. And there is an absolute time component to this where how long can you blame the guy that's not in power right it's the same idea they try to blame Obama, right? But that caught up with Trump pretty quickly. There's always record gun sales when there's a Democrat in office, but I don't see record gun sales this year. The elephant in the room is that we haven't even addressed is there's been one in 500 people in the United States have died from COVID. So that's like 760,000 people are dead. But there's a lot of individuals out there who no longer are here because of COVID. That's a big number right? And the economy may or may not stall because of lack of workers. People are bitching all the time they can't find workers, but guess what? Let's do a scaling analysis. 760,000 people die, half of which you think you're working age. 360,000 people that can no longer work. Seems like you've created or moved around some jobs. Maybe it's too hard to find people because there's not enough workers because they're all dead. But Biden hasn't addressed that. Biden has argued that you just need to get vaccinated and go back to work. Again, the Democratic Party's job is to get you back to work after the Republican Party fucks you hard. If we look at this in terms of chronic and acute violence, where if I'm an average voter, has the amount of acute violence or the amount of chronic violence lessened under Biden? And if it has, I'll probably vote for Biden again. This is just a hypothetical framing as to how the re-election could be viewed. So you talked about perhaps the best example of acute violence, which is 760,000 people dying of COVID. They got COVID one day and something like 21, 28 days later, they were dead. That's the definition of acute violence. It happens very quickly and suddenly. If you're one of those 760,000 people, you obviously don't care because you're dead, but your family cares. They were affected by acute violence. You said one in 500 people have died of COVID. That means pretty much everybody in the U.S. has been affected by somebody that died. They know somebody who knows somebody that died. They know somebody. Graph and networking theory, you know somebody that died of COVID. And that is trauma that will very likely inform who you blame. And there's so much polarization that maybe it doesn't matter. If you know somebody that died, you probably already said I'm blaming Biden or you're blaming Trump, and it doesn't functionally matter that much. But there's way more acute violence now than at probably any point in the past. So the group that generally doesn't care about acute violence are conservatives. And guess what? They're generally the group that is dying of COVID. So this isn't going to materially affect their hatred of Joe Biden because they already hate Joe Biden. So do I. They are eating horse paste and thinking COVID is fake and taking honor in the fact that they know somebody that died of COVID or just whatever insane mental view they have of the world. They died free. It comes down to right to persons. It comes down to liberty. And they got to die the way they wanted to, believing in Jesus Christ. Then liberals, neoliberals, shit libs, rad libs, whatever you want to call them, they don't care about chronic violence at all. They want to prevent acute violence, but they don't care about conservatives. So, like, it, they don't care either. And their job is to get everybody back to work, guys. I mean, this is real. This is a real theory that, that is real. Deal with Evander Holyfield. So, at the end of this, COVID doesn't really impact, I think, any electoral prospects because neither group cares. It's 
it's aligned with their current political position and it supports what their current position is. It's not a change. No, and let's take it one step further. Let's give let's give this example of of what acute versus chronic really is, just so you know in COVID. So we know that getting vaccinated isn't one hundred percent effective, but it prevents you from dying. But you may suffer still from COVID, and it still elongates COVID. You just don't die from it because if you're vaccinated, you can still shed viruses. You can still get sick. There's breakthrough, right? But it's not as deadly. It just, and it elongates just the amount of time you have to wear masks and and be taken care of and safe. On the other side, not being vaccinated, not wearing masks, is what some people would claim is their freedom of choice on their body to do what they want. And if they die, who gives a shit? They weren't told they couldn't wear a mask. And that's the literal thing that's going on with COVID. So if you're going to vote for Biden, you're going to try to judge him against how well he enabled chronic violence. And he's done an okay job with saying be vaccinated. He got the federal government to say you have to be vaccinated if you're a federal employee, right? And he's trying to convince neoliberal companies to do neoliberal policy, which is make vaccinations required for employment, which is a strike against the conservative mantra of freedom. Now, the conservatives will argue not at will employment if you be vaccinated because it doesn't sit well with their ideology. That's a fight that's happening right now. So if we take a look at that from that perspective, I don't think Biden has won or lost any voters. COVID functionally does not matter for the midterms. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, because those that are tuned into what the school is doing, those are tuned into what the hospital is doing, those that are tuned into what restaurants are doing, and that they already had their opinions formed from 18 months ago. If, if you wear a mask now and you're vaccinated, you were convinced 18 months ago to wear a mask and get vaccinated. If you're not wearing a mask and you're not vaccinated, you were convinced 18 months ago that you shouldn't be vaccinated and you shouldn't wear a mask. You, there's, there's no change. So then the prevalence of chronic violence will likely determine the outcome of the election. So what are some examples of chronic violence that might persuade somebody? Student loans. So you're a debt slave. You are a debt slave for the rest of your life. 25 years. 20 years. If you don't think 20 years is a long time, think about the two decades that you did stuff in and realize that they're going to take 20% of your pay for 20 years for you to be part of a working economy. That's chronic violence. The acute violence on this would be you never being able to go to college, being told no. Or the other way of thinking the acute violence, your parents paid out of their pocket and money was taken from them, which is an economic violence to pay for cash out of hand. So you're exchanging education for perhaps food or some other health care. You forego insurance. Right? Even about even even your, your vacation spot. It, because it takes away from your happiness and liberty as an individual. So what has Biden done about student loans? Has he done anything? Because he promised to do this and the other thing. And Kamala said that your student loans would be absolved if you lived in an underprivileged area for three months and your name ended in an E or something. Yeah, there were so many loops and, and caveats. I had no idea what was going on. I mean, at one point in time, you were going to get $2,100, and then it became $1,400 because you had to get $700. Functionally, Biden has done nothing to help the worker that has student loans. And it may not seem like a big deal that like 40% or whatever that number is of like your adult workforce has student loans, but it takes away buying power. And this is the example, though, of how you chip away at something. The Democrats allow the chipping away of financial aid and financial institutions that help pay for college over the course of 40 years. And now you have a bunch of debt slaves who just can't buy anything. They can't even buy a house. Why? Well, because they have debt <laughs> to the federal government that they can never get rid of. It's federal debt. So did anything change on student loan that would make me think, hey, under Trump, it was better than under Biden? Well, Trump did put the moratorium in place. 
One thing Trump did that was shitty was his secretary, Department of Education secretary, Betsy DeVos, billionaire who's insane, said you couldn't discharge student loans if it was private. And then Biden came in, I think, and discharged student loans if it was private, plus for those that were permanently disabled. So he did something positive, but for a very small number of people. I don't even know, 35,000 people or something. It's not a very big number of people that, that he dissolved it for. Maybe I'm missing zero. Maybe 350,000 people. That's not that big of a number. It's not going to win an election is the point. It's so dispersed and all over the place. You're, you're assuming in a midterm election, by the way, you're trying to vote for the for the president's party. You have to ask yourself, okay, if I, I'm, I might vote for Biden in 2024. He may win again. But functionally, what has the Democratic Party done that they can pin a rose on? Nothing. In fact, the only thing that they have done is AOC's went to a Met Gala event and Joe Manchin the news being an asshole. And this is all centered around the theater that is reconciliation because the Dems are unwilling to get rid of the filibuster. Arguably, Joe Manchin is unwilling to get rid of the filibuster. So you need to drag him along in everything that you do, which is a totally distinct and separate problem. But at the end of the day, it's the Dems because they're perceived to be the ones in power because they do have the majority in both House and Senate that continuously need to ask the parliamentarian for permission, even though they could just do whatever they wanted anyway. It's all They theater. own the parliament. What's it called? Parliamentarian? They own him. They own the parliamentarian. Oh, it's a her? Uh huh. Damn, they own her now. Hell yeah, girl. That's what the feminists want. You know how we make everything equal? You appoint the first ever female parliamentarian. Because that's what makes the world equal, is taking a bourgeois ass position and making it equal. Because people think that's important. So the latest example of legislation that's being tied up by the parliamentarian is whether to extend basically citizenship to the dreamers. And at any point in time, the Dems could just be like, we're doing this. Fuck you. We have the votes. We're doing this. But for whatever reason, they want to hide behind the parliamentarian. And the most fascinating thing about this tie up with the dreamers is that if you were to give the dreamers citizenship, they would have voting rights. And who do you think they would vote for? I'm really confused here. If you wanted more voters, why don't the Democrats just illegally promote the illegal aliens? That's what the Republicans say they're going to do. So guess what? You might as well fucking do it. If the Republicans are going on TV saying that you're already stealing the election by allowing, like, I don't want to use the term, it's so nasty, but allowing undocumented individuals or non-U.S. citizens to vote, then make them all citizens and let them all vote. Just do it. Just do it. Who gives a shit? Let them go through courts. Are they going to invalidate an election? You know what they should do? They should make every citizen coming in here the United States citizen of West Virginia. All dreamers must live in West Virginia. That's what they should do. And that's the federal plan to eliminate Joe Manchin from power. That's the Joe Manchin train right there. Removal Act of 2021. So what's another example of chronic violence? We're going to use healthcare outside of the COVID context where people perhaps don't have a job anymore. Unemployment's still up. Most people have insurance to their employer. So you probably have, on average, less access to healthcare now under Biden than you did under Trump. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. It seems like the healthcare fight has died because the wave sort of, it's, we're settled in to where we are. If you don't have insurance, you don't have insurance. If you have insurance, you have insurance, and you're back to where you were. And every year you bitch about your higher premiums, but that's just what you do. You have no expectation that your premiums are going to change and you just don't care anymore. You know they're going to go up. You hope they don't go up as high as your pay increase. That's it. And if you don't have it, then you go apply for Medicaid and hope you qualify. So under Biden, everybody that's become unemployed, they arguably have 
less access to health care than they did before. So that is a measurable change that might affect their material conditions enough to vote differently, right? I actually think that Abbott's having a better year in Texas than Biden is having as president. Simply because he's checking items off the conservative wish list. And he's rubbing the Democrats' nose in it, too. He's painting them as losers every day. DeSantis in Florida, every single day, the Democrats are losers. And does Biden come out and dunk all the Republicans? Nope. They're his friends because he was a senator for like 112 years. How about Afghanistan? Does anybody care about Afghanistan? Only really bootlickers care about Afghanistan. I have tried to put my feelers up in my weird circles of like suburban shit libs and uh, nobody cares. In fact, some people were actually surprised that anything actually was happening over there. There is a weird media silence about Afghanistan because everybody is so worn out about it that nobody gave a shit. How many people in the United States were affected by anything that happened in Afghanistan? Remember that couple that went over to Afghanistan to prove that the Taliban wasn't evil and they were killed? They were affected? Yep, but that was like 10 years ago. It's very few people, and the only real ramification that could happen is if the Republicans come up with some good messaging that Biden like left troops behind or some shit, and then you make like Rambo 4 where the whole thing's about leaving troops behind in Vietnam. I mean Afghanistan. Even the Biden looking at his watch trope that the Republicans try to play got no airtime where he's on the tarmac where the american flag draped coffins are leaving apparently i don't even know what the timeline context of any of it is i don't know why the president has to be there when people died why isn't he out in california when eight of our firefighters die fighting fires and by firefighters you mean prisoners right yeah yep so our last example of chronic violence that we're going to talk about is gerrymandering and this is a little bit interesting, and we hinted at it earlier, where the districts are changing, and that will manifest by having different reps. And in general, the Republicans will control this process, and they will go about ensuring that they win. So that's a massive headwind against the Democrats maintaining control of the House, is that the Republicans will literally rig districts to be unrepresentative. And that's another example of chronic violence, where you don't have the ability to assert self-determination and over time your vote matters less than your neighbor's vote and your neighbor might end up with health care and different resources because stuff is apportioned based on congressional district whereas you don't i actually hate this part of the democratic party so much i hate it so much because they believe that by doing the right thing they're going to win like it's it's in their blood it's fundamentally what they believe if they don't cheat they'll win cheaters never prosper except that cheaters always win if you follow the loose ass laws for reporting and if you don't you still win i mean that marjorie green or whatever her name is had like three million dollars in unreported income for her husband's like consulting gig but at the end of the day the democratic party gets rid of their power by forming these really stupid nonpartisan groups in the states that they won to help push through legislation to create these independent commissions but it's like everyday folksy people are going to get together with their crayons and draw a map. We're going to come in here, House of Commons, and we're going to get three appointed from the governor and six from this dickhead. And two are going to be at large and five are going to come from here. And then we're going to have a lottery for these other 14 people. And then they're going to come in and they're going to draw a map. Why? Why would you appoint people who have no functional understanding of maps to draw a map? What makes you a good gerrymandering guy? I don't know. I know math. Good. Help me gerrymander. Or... Uh, what makes you really good at being on the People's Commission? I watched CNN. Perfect. Why don't you come here and make policy that's going to set the tone for 10 years? Make, it doesn't make any fucking sense at all. You might as well just take it while it's getting good and jam the shit out of it and be in power. 
There's no reason not to. Because guess what? You're not held accountable for gerrymandering at all. Who the hell is going to hold you accountable? I like using the word Jimmy. Jimmy from the block. Is he going to come down here with J-Lo and they're going to run around and tell you that, you know, gerrymandering is bad? No, because nobody gives a shit. Because guess what? People that have two jobs that drive a taxi service at nighttime and then has to work at a grocery store in the daytime, you think they really give a shit about gerrymandering? They don't even know it's a thing. Functionally, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just a, a small, very small chunk of people who think gerrymandering is bad. Just think that if Romeo and Juliet lived in different districts and they couldn't cross the border, we wouldn't have to read that shitty book in high school. But I think the movie is uh, better. The Leonardo DiCaprio, um, Claire Danes movie. Well, she grew up to be a terrorist sympathizer in Homeland, though, so... Hell yeah. Who are you going to believe? You go, girl. So we went through... A couple examples of acute and chronic violence. And at the end of the day, very little of any of this affects your average voter. We determined that healthcare probably has the biggest impact on how people vote. And so far as I can tell, the Dems haven't done anything to functionally change people's lots in life as it relates to healthcare. Uh, no, the Democratic Party has not done anything from any of your pillars of needs. They have not required a minimum wage increase. They have not forgiven all student debt. They have not seized Visa and MasterCard and taken all the debt away. They, they haven't addressed climate change. They haven't extended the unemployment. They haven't extended the eviction moratorium. I don't know what Biden's done. The Dems are going to get absolutely obliterated in the midterms. The main point of this discussion is that material conditions are all that matter during an election, whether it's federal or local. And the only way to improve your material conditions is to improve your electoral representation at the local level. The biggest impact is your circle influence, which is the local level. Local, county, state. It's all that matters. For future episodes and to learn more about the worker movement, join us at workermovement.com.